The word of the Lord, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. The word of the Lord. It's Youth Sunday, as you know, and also, maybe you have caught that it is also Good Shepherd Sunday. This is the Sunday in the year of our church's lectionary when all of the texts of Scripture lead us to consider the image of God as a shepherd uh, watching over the flock that he loves. It's a nice, positive way of talking about God. And I thought, well, maybe this is a good thing that we have Youth Sunday and Good Shepherd. You kind of mix it together. But then I was thinking, you know, as far as I know, none of these kids have sheep for a pet. They probably know very little. I know very little about uh, being a shepherd. We don't live in a pastoral or agrarian uh, society anymore. What, what does this have to do with them? You know, and then the 23rd Psalm, usually it's read at funerals. And I started thinking it's sort of maybe for them, I don't know, symbolic of things that are old. Things that are from way in the past, from, a, from another time. Not so much from our lives now. And so, I don't know, what do you do with that? But then I, I, I read the psalm over and over, and I thought, you know, it's an apt image for youth ministry, for raising kids. Because think about it, shepherd and sheep, it's, it's, an, it's a relational image. It's an image of knowing, of loving, of caring. It's an image of God in community. And so I thought, you know, these these youth, their, their relationships are so important to them. They, they understand that. They understand what it means to be known and loved. So maybe this is a great thing. And in the psalm, you know, it says that the, the sheep need guidance. They need provision for their needs. There are threats to their safety. And I think they all get that. And so maybe if we just update the, the image... Maybe it's maybe God, good shepherd, maybe God, like a good neighbor. 
You know the commercial. You know, just say the right words, and magically and instantly, God will appear in your living room, ready to grant your wish. Uh, a sandwich, or the girl in the apartment upstairs, or a, or a hot tub, as the commercial goes, right? <coughs> is, is this what it means for God to be like a shepherd, a good shepherd? Of course not. Our youth know that, and so do the rest of us. That the content of Christian discipleship re requires much more than pious pretending. Life is hazardous, as the events of this past week have vividly reminded us. And Christian discipleship is especially risky. Holding on to trust in what is unprovable, hoping and wagering everything we have on what is beyond our ability to secure and control, loving those who may not love us back, Discipleship is hazardous, and the 23rd Psalm clearly recognizes sheep need guidance. There are dark valleys, and sometimes we feel encircled by enemies. Faith, or trust, is put to the test. Today we have the privilege of hearing from two of our young people who really are representative of the whole group, who can share with us a little bit about faith being put to the test. First, I'm going to ask Kent Ziegler to come forward. Uh, you know probably that Kent, you're probably four-fifths of you are related to Kent here, I think. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, Kent, thank you. Hi, my name is Kent Ziegler. I'm in the 10th grade at Paxson. I've been blessed to grow up in a great family and always having Riverside be a part of my life. With such a good childhood, it is sometimes hard to think about the responsibility of having to grow up, having to face the big world alone and the possibility of failure. My first growing up moment came when I was entering high school. The week before that, I was one, was one of the most fearful times in my life. I was thinking how I was going to do it, how hard it was going to be, and how I was just going to have to go at it alone. When I had come to the point of mass confusion and helplessness, I realized that God was there, and I wouldn't have to go at it alone at all. In this tough time, God was an outlet for me, and he was guiding me down the right path and comforting me the whole time. When something really bad happens, like the Boston bombing in the world, I watch how my peers and people around me react to it. When I see this, it disturbs me even more because they act powerless and feel like they are so young that what could they do about it? This attitude of my peers is a reason why I'm scared for the future. When I see my peers' helpless attitudes, uh, but really how could you fear when God is with you through it all to comfort you? You can always find hope in God. The hopes I have are to go to college and graduate, find a good job, and start a happy family, similar to any other kid like me would hope to do. But we live in a messed up world where there are evils such as violence and greed. 
On one hand, I'm hopeful for the future, but on the other hand, it's hard to be hopeful for when you see what goes on week to week. But I see God in every part of good and bad things. The attack on the Boston Marathon was a terrible tragedy, but I saw God in the people who ran to the scene of the bomb, the people who wanted to help the wounded people. That's why you can't ever give up hope, and you cannot be consumed by your fears, because God is always with you. And next is someone that uh, many of you may not know, uh, Michaela Fox. Uh, I first met outside a pizza restaurant in Black Mountain, uh, launching our week at Montreat, and she's become a good friend. Come on up, Michaela. Hi, I'm Michaela, and I'm a sophomore at Bulls. When I was little, I think everything used to scare me. I remember my brother used to make me take out the trash at night and I was always so worried that someone was gonna jump out of the bushes and try to hurt me. But I remember reminding myself that I had God walking beside me as my bodyguard. I really believed he was right there with me and I felt at peace. I was able to use that reassurance to get me through a lot as a little girl. But when I got too big to be afraid of the dark, I had this dream that I only had three hours to live and then I watched myself die. Before that dream, I guess I just felt like an immortal. But that dream left me with an omnipresent fear of not existing anymore. I couldn't get death out of my head. And I would worry myself to the point of being sick. Death is just a natural part of life, but it took me a long time to realize that. Even though I realize that bad things do happen, even with God there, what helped me conquer this foreboding idea of dying was that God was waiting for me at the end. Now that I have all those fears sorted out, though, I'm starting to think about college and what I'm going to do with my life. And although I'm not as worried about dying or the dark anymore, I'm facing my future, which I think is a lot scarier. I think I'm mostly afraid that I will turn out to be a failure. My parents have both been so successful that I feel like I can never accomplish as much as they have or even just enough to make them proud to call me their daughter. I don't want my failure to disappoint them because they know I can do better. I want to get into a good college, do well, and from there settle down with a good job and raise a good family. Now, I'm the child of a divorced family, and even though I know how hard my parents have worked to make this divorce easy, it's still hard sometimes to live with two different families, and there has definitely still been some pain that I've had to deal with. A lot of the times I was hurting, I would ask, my, I would ask God what my brother and I could do to make things better. And although I didn't really expect a big booming voice from the clouds, I was always hoping for some sort of guidance that I could never really find. The Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd in Psalms 23. I like to think that he's always there guiding me along the right path as a shepherd would his sheep. And like he is there to protect me from these wolves. Except now that I'm all grown up, I don't feel him with me all the time, like I did when I was taking out the trash. I just have to realize that he will help me on his own clock. So now, I think when I look at my future and I worry about making a mistake in a relationship and potentially hurting myself and my children or failing out of college, 
I know that God will guide me to the right path and protect me when he thinks I need it. And even if that's not right when I want it, I just remember that his help is on the way. Thank you, Kayla and Kent, for your courage and coming up here and sharing a little bit about yourselves. What I hear Michaela and Kent saying is kind of an echo of the psalm that, that God is more than just a doctrine to believe in, but is in some way a person by whom we are led and cared for. God is is not a remote distraction that distances from the conditions of our actual life, but is an intimate presence who, can, who confirms our daily life as the very stuff of salvation. We see this lived out here in this church, and it's so great to see and to be a part of it in Things like uh, an intergenerational retreat that we had last weekend, or throughout the year in our confirmation classes, or through the RBI program, or CEW, or so many ways that our church comes together, serves, and celebrates, and worships, and shares our faith one with another, generation to generation. I think the Christian life develops organically in this way. It grows from a seed that's planted in the actual soil of our lives, our muscles and our brain cells, our emotions and our moods, our genetic code, our work schedule, the weather, our family history. It isn't imposed from above upon us, nor is it regulated by a religious bureaucracy. The Christian life, the gospel life, isn't something we just learn about in the manual or on the internet. It is something that we become together in community as God does God's work of creation and salvation in us. And as we become accustomed to a life of belief and obedience and prayer. I'm reminded of just a few months ago at our Christmas pageant when all the littler kids were up here and how many of them wanted to be shepherds. Just a few wanted to be sheep. And how cute that is, but how true it really is too. We are all sheep of God's flock, and we are all called to be shepherds, one of another. The shepherd is a good shepherd because he lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd is good because he's given his life for us. That's why he's good. I don't know hardly anything about sheep or shepherds, but I can't imagine dying for a sheep. 
But I can imagine people dying or giving their life for other people. That's not hard to imagine. Teachers in a classroom in Connecticut, firefighters in a little town in Texas, a daycare worker in a neighborhood just a mile or so from this church, first responders and total strangers in Boston. We see people all over the place willing to give their lives for the sheep. And you, you who have taught Sunday school, you who have mentored confirmands, chaperoned youth trips, cleaned up after dinners, some of you who work with foster children or who visit prisons, who serve the aged in so many ways, you are giving your lives for the sheep of God. And so it reminds me of a, a new beatitude that I want to offer to you who are young here today. Blessed, a beatitude is a blessed. Blessed are the, you know, that Jesus said. Well, here's a new one. Blessed are those who live in a community that give witness to the resurrection, the aliveness of God. For you will be blessed by that community. And you will know that no matter what happens and how your faith is tested, God will lift you up. Amen. And now I would like to invite us all to continue to worship God by using this weekly practice of a call to giving. One of the most radical things that Christians do is give ourselves give our money, give our time, our energy. And this offering is more than just a routine matter of worship. It is an expression of our loyalty to God.
every new beginning. We worship you this morning with hearts and hands open to you. Open to give back to you all that we are and have and desire. And open to receive from you whatever calling you wish us to fulfill. Add your blessing to this offering and to those we will serve in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take out your insert for our last hymn, This Little Light of Mine. 